Welcome to episode eight of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady on Instagram, where I share all kinds of crazy things about my running life. You can feel free to direct message me there at Waddell Running Lady, or you can reach out through email at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. I always love hearing from you, whether that's comments, criticism, um, just ideas for new episodes, or you sharing your running stories with me. I love hearing it all. Okay, I don't love hearing the criticisms, but I'll take it. Okay, without further ado, let's get into episode eight. This one is called The Truth About Trail Running. Let's go. I really think that my obsession with trail running started back when I became a hiker, believe it or not. So I've talked in previous episodes about how I lost about 80 pounds over a two-year period of time. That was 2017, 2018, and I started running in May of 2018. But for almost an entire year before that, I was doing other forms of exercise. Um, and if, at the time it was it was for weight loss, but I was I was doing a lot of walking and mostly I would do that in my neighborhood, which is kind of a rural area. So we're talking dirt roads, gravel roads, that kind of thing. But I would also drive to some neighborhoods that weren't too far away and find like urban trails or, you know, sidewalks, paved places where I could feel safe and walk without a lot of traffic. And I, I did that for several months and eventually my walks became longer, but I wasn't really seeing a whole lot of, of results. And so, and you know, if you do anything for long enough, it's, it just isn't as much of a challenge as it was originally. And that's what happened with walking. So I started doing things like, um, walking with hand weights. I started doing shorter walks, but walking faster and just things like that. Well, this went on for months and a friend of mine was an avid hiker and she's like, Michelle, do you want to go hiking with me? And, and I resisted for a while because I was kind of embarrassed because I've shared before I was, I was a very unathletic person, always had been up until this point. And I was embarrassed and I knew that my friend was very uh, fit and very, you know, just athletic and had had been doing this for years and and so the thought of hiking with her just made me kind of nervous and uh, but I finally was like well why not why not just why not give it a try so I started hiking with her and first it was just like not very often and I remember the very first hike that I took was at a place called Skyline Regional Park in Buckeye Arizona and we went up a trail and it was not even one of the more difficult trails, but I just remember breathing like a stuck pig. Okay. I mean, I was breathing like a dying platypus. I, I was so embarrassed and she would tell me, Michelle, you don't hike. Like, don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, everybody has to start from somewhere. And she was super encouraging. And so I just kept breathing like a dying platypus and rolled with it and followed her up the mountain and and kept coming back for more. And so pretty soon over a series of several months, it got to the point where if she couldn't go hiking, I would just go by myself. 
and start kind of finding my own groove and, and hiking different places and um, around the valley and just Camelback Mountain. And I did Piestawa Peak and I did, you know, different trails out at Verado and I did different trails out at the White Tank Mountains and Skyline. And a lot of those hikes were with her, but a lot of them, there were several that were on my own. So I absolutely became obsessed with hiking. And I've shared this before too, but that this was my first, you know, besides walking for weight loss, like I shared earlier, this was my first glimpse of, of nature. Seriously. I mean, since the time I was a little kid running around in my backyard, climbing trees, I had been a couch potato. I didn't go outside except to go to the store or get in my air conditioned car to go into the air conditioned um, church or store or restaurant or whatever. I, I didn't really go outside until this point in my life. And so seeing these trails from the viewpoint of, you know, my own two feet and I'm breathing hard. And, and yet as I'm breathing hard after several months, you guys, I was, I could feel such a difference in my endurance and in my, my lungs were becoming conditioned and I was able to hike these steeper grades without a whole lot of, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as difficult as it, it was when I started out, just like everything else. And so I became absolutely obsessed with hiking. So when I started running in May of 2018, so when I started running in May of 2018, I kind of had to scale back on the hiking to make room for my new you know, 5k running plan or whatever. I didn't hike as much when I started really getting into running and, you know, signing up for 5ks and 10ks and half marathons. And, and then especially once I started, you know, training for my first marathon and things like that, hiking became something that I just didn't really do anymore, but I missed it. But yet I had this new love and this new obsession, which was running. And for the first few years that I was, I was a runner, I just concentrated on, on road running and, and just learning all about this whole new world of racing and, and, and the running community and, and what running was doing for my mental health and, and just so many aspects of running and just, it was so all so new to me and I was completely content and happy with that aspect of things until about either the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022. I really can't remember exactly when, you know, when kind of the switch flipped, but there came a time where I just was like, you know, trail running. I, I heard about trail running. I see that people are running trail races. In my book, and just, you know, take this with a grain of salt. This is how I looked at it. To me, trail running looked like a wedding between road running and hiking, kind of melding the two together because I'm on those trails that I love to hike, but I'm not hiking, I'm running. And it just seemed like, wow, that it just seems like that seems like it would be the best of both worlds. And that's what I thought about. And so I started kind of dipping my toes in a little bit. Um, in 2021, as far as just not really anything that had any elevation at all, but just maybe like kind of a gravel road out, you know, on the way up 
to one of the mountains that I would typically hike or, you know, I didn't try to run up any hills really. I just, I just went to a trail out, you know, in the desert and I started running just a little bit. And then I thought, yeah, this is, this is kind of cool. And so I definitely was intrigued and wanted to do more. So in November of 2021, I got a text from Jill, who I talked about in the last podcast, and she invited me to join her Ragnar team because they had had someone drop and they needed somebody. And I had never run trails. So, you know, really, except for like I told you, those couple little testing my toes in the water, so to speak, on on these just dirt roads, you know, that's when I started really thinking about trail running. And people are actually doing this. And so, of course, it didn't work out for me to run that year, but I told her I wanted to run in 2022. So obviously I'm thinking, okay, well, trail running is going to have to happen for me. I'm going to have to figure out how to do this thing if I'm going to really run a trail Ragnar in 2022. So all of this is going through my mind when I got the news that I had gotten into the Chicago Marathon and for 2022. And so I had to put trail running on hold for most of 2022 so that I could train for Chicago without, I didn't want to be this newbie trail runner and break my ankle on out on a trail run and not be able to run Chicago marathon. So, so I didn't run trails hardly at all in 2022 until Ragnar trail, Arizona happened the first weekend in November. So I want to talk about that race and go into some of the details and how that race went down because it's absolutely amazing. And if you're a runner, you, you've got to try a Ragnar trail race. So much fun. So I'm going to just tell you a little bit about how, how it worked. So at McDowell mountain regional park and the trails there are just lovely. The first time I ran them was last November. So I got a text from Jill, you know, saying, hey, if you still want to run Ragnar, contact, you know, the team captain and this, this, this. And it was a few months ahead of time. And so I did that. And I think Jill gave him my email. And so we communicated by email and and I asked him a lot of questions and and he reassured me that I would be totally fine. And, you know, we're not a competitive team here and, you know, you're going to have to run a total of 15 miles and that there are three legs and his name was Eric. The team captain's name was Eric. And he was very, very patient with me because I had so many questions and I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't go going to go and ruin his life and the life of everybody on his team because yes, I have run marathons, but they were all, you know, six hours or longer and I'm not going to be able to run trails fast for one thing. At this point, I had hardly run trails and on roads, I'm slow. So I knew I was going to be slow. Well, he reassured me everything was okay. At some point during this process, he sent out an email that had me click a link to join the team. So I joined the team officially on the Ragnar website and you get this kind of confirmation back into your email or whatever that says, okay, you know, you said yes and, and here's what to do next. And 
it gives you links to like, you can buy Ragnar gear and, and it tells you some of the things that you need. Um, one thing that you always need in a Ragnar trail race is a headlamp. How this typically works, how this race works at least, is I'm on a team of eight and we need to run 120 miles between the eight of us. So how that typically works is everybody gets about 15 miles each. And the way those 15 miles play out, at least for this course, is a red loop, a yellow loop, and a green loop. As you can imagine, those colors correspond with the difficulty of the terrain pretty much. So, or at least the length of the leg. So the red, the red loop was the longest loop. The yellow loop was the mid-length. And then the, the green was the shortest loop. And so how the captain is responsible for assigning everybody to basically assigning the loops. And so someone has to be runner one, someone's runner two, I was runner five and it, it alternates. So the person runner four in front of me, I would not be going out running the same loop that they just ran. So if they ran yellow right before me, I would be running either red or green. And that's just how it worked all through. So you're from the course of Friday morning, I think we started at 8.30 Friday morning, the first runner one did. We had until 6 p.m. Saturday to finish 120 miles. So I think we had a total of 32 hours. I can't remember how, how much time we had, but runner one started on their first leg and then we would end with runner eight doing their last leg. And we had to be finished as a team before 6 p.m. on Saturday. So um, as runner five, the way it worked out for me, my start time on Friday, it wasn't going to be my turn to run until about one o'clock in the afternoon. My first loop was yellow. It was the mid-length. And so that run was about, I'm trying to think right now what they were. I want to say it was around five miles but that was one of the harder loops, even though it was mid distance, it had a lot of up and down, like a lot of kind of a lot of climbing and just, it was real hilly. And, and so that was my first experience running that type of terrain. Well, how a Ragnar trail race works is, so they have this little kind of staging area and everyone camps. Okay. So that's the other thing. I, I probably should backtrack a little bit. So, okay, once you're on a team and, you know, your team captain's going to assign you a spot, you're going to be runner one through eight. He'll tell you about what time you can expect to start. And then he kind of gives you a window of like, you want to get to the race at about, you know, any time before this certain time. Um, but you're going to be there overnight either way, because every everybody on the team has to run a night leg. So you will be running once on Friday, you'll be running during the night at some point on Friday night, and then you'll be running again on Saturday at some point. That's just how it all works out. What people do is you camp there overnight. So most of us, everybody on my team had a zero gravity like camping chair, I guess is what it's called. And so the legs go up and you kind of lean back and you can, you know, that's what we slept in. I think we had one or two tents, but they were just little tiny like pump pup tents. And you have this little space for your eight people. I mean, it's dinky, like 
I don't even know if it was 10 by 10. I'd have to go back and, and see. Very small. You basically have room for your chair. And then you could put everything that you bring with you under your chair and behind your chair. So you just kind of everybody gets their own little kind of spot. And then we shared a little changing, what do you call it? Like a tent, almost like uh, just a tent that you can stand up in that barely has room for you to stand up in. We shared that with the team next to us and as a changing room. So when you run a race like this, you want to bring one outfit for each leg that you're going to run because you're going to be out there running. You're going to be all gross and sweaty when you're done. So you go in this little changing room, you change. We use dude wipes or <laughs> whatever. I'm just keeping it real to clean up. And then you would put on your fresh outfit for your next leg. And then you would go relax, take a nap, eat whatever in the time that you had before your next race, which your next leg, I'm sorry, which would be several hours because in my, you know, I would have to wait for runners six, seven, eight, one, two, three, and four to run before it was my turn to run again. So I ran at about one on Friday. And then I think on, on Friday night, I ran around midnight. And then on Saturday morning, I want to say I ran at 8.39, maybe 10. I, I honestly can't remember right now. But so that was how, how it went down for me. I basically had to pack, you know, three running outfits. I just wore one pair of shoes, three pairs of socks. I brought enough food for myself to last, you know, for so I could have something to eat after each leg and, you know, something to eat, you know, just things to snack on in case I got hungry. And then I brought my orange mud hydration vest. I brought, um, what did I bring? I brought coffee. I brought just whatever food. And I brought some toiletries. I brought a sleeping bag and my zero gravity chair. And I brought, you know, a hat for the sun, but I also brought hoodie and a jacket because I knew that at nighttime it would get cold. So there's, there is a Ragnar packing list that you will find on the Ragnar website. And my team captain, Eric was very helpful. He sent me pictures of everything that he was going to take with him. So it made it easy for me to just kind of look at, oh, okay. You know, give me an idea of what I needed to pack as well. So it was very helpful. I showed up Friday morning, have to, you know, park and they assign you, you tell them what team you're on, what your team number is. They write that on your windshield. And then you go to basically an unloading zone. And I unloaded all my gear from the back of my car. And I just kind of had to leave it in a little pile because you can't stay in that spot. You have to drive away and go park your car long-term. So I messaged Eric and there's someone else on the team too. And said, Hey, my stuff's here. And, and so they brought a wagon and they loaded all my stuff up. They waited for me to walk back to the camp and then showed me where our little area was. And so I arrived and unloaded everything and, and, um, had all that ready to go. And so met everybody else on my team, which I already knew Liz and Jill, but everyone else I had never met before there. Of course, when I got there, there was already somebody out on the course running and I still had a couple of hours before it was time for me to run. So I was able to just mentally prepare. I was able to walk around Ragnar Village. Ragnar Village, there will be, at all of these Ragnar Trail races, there will be food trucks. Um, there will be 
a Ragnar store, like where you can purchase Ragnar gear. Uh, there's just all kinds of, there's, um, I think they show movies all night long. There's a campfire, a big, huge fire pit where you can roast marshmallows at night. And then there is the staging area that I was talking about earlier. The staging area is where the runners come in and out during Ragnar Trail. So when it's your turn to run, you go to the staging area. And if you're getting ready to run the yellow loop, for instance, you go stand on the yellow rug and you wait for your runner to come in. When your runner comes in, they take off the bib that they're wearing around their waist and they give it to you. You put it around your waist and you follow the directions for which way the yellow loop is and you go out and run your loop. When you come back, there will be the next runner waiting for you. Or if for some reason you come back sooner than you expect and you are faster than you anticipated, you take off your bib and you hang it up on, they have a little area where you can hang your bib. And then that way, when your runner, the person after you does come in, they look on there and see your team number, grab it, put their bib on, and then they can go. So of course, the goal of this is to finish these 120 miles as fast as you can. You, They do ask you for kind of a pace, your 10K pace when you register. And my 10K pace was slower than the slowest um, pace that was available on the website, but I put that in. And then I just told my team captain, said, you know, I'm actually slower than that. He was fine with it. And we would just kind of guesstimate how long we thought it would take everybody. You know, I would ask him, Hey, Eric, you know, when do you think, you know, Liz will be back or whoever. And then, you know, I would head over to the staging area about when it was my turn. And it just, it went like that all day, Friday, all night, Friday, and then all day, Saturday. I think we finished our race at about 4 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Our team was not last, but um, we were kind of close to the to the tail end, but we were not last. So I was super happy about that. Those those legs. So I ran the yellow leg first, and then in the middle of the night, I ran the green leg, which was the shortest. It was about a little over four miles, and it was the easiest of the three legs as far as terrain goes. And so it's pitch black outside. I've got my headlamp and I've got a waist light as well. And I'm just cruising along, just taking my time, enjoying it. It was so pretty out. And I've mentioned this before, but I looked ahead and I saw little headlamps bobbing up the mountain. Such a cool sight. I was listening. I think I was listening to ghost stories or something on my, on my um, aftershocks and kind of spooking myself out of it. But it was so fun just being out there at night. And this was my first experience doing that. And I, came back after running that leg and everybody in the tent campsite was asleep or trying to sleep. It's kind of hard to sleep, but everybody at our spe specific spot was trying to sleep except for the team captain. He was awake and he's like, what did, what did you think? You know, he whispered and I just put a thumbs up. I said, it was awesome. And he's like, you know what? I had a feeling that that's what you were going to say. And I was just absolutely hooked after that night leg absolutely hooked. And it was just one of the most awesome experiences of my life. So then the next day I ran the longest loop, which was the red loop. That one was about six and a half miles and it was hot. It was starting to get hot, even though it's November, but it's Arizona, Phoenix area. So it was starting to get pretty warm and I finished my leg. And then I just changed into some clean clothes, relaxed, ate, hung out, and waited because how a Ragnar race works is typically 
if you're able to, the whole team runs across the finish line together when your last runner comes in. And so that's what we did. Um, Eric was the last runner. He was runner eight. And when he finished, we knew about what time to expect him. And so those of us that were still there went over to the finish line and met him at the bottom of the hill. And then we all ran across the finish line with him and finished as a team and got team pictures and got our medals. And it was awesome. It was so amazing. There's something about running with a team and they were so supportive, even though I was the slowest one. It was obvious. They all knew I was the slowest one on the team. Nobody gave me any grief about it. Or I said, hey, can you be faster? Or you're a loser. They they were all, they made me feel like really special. It was such a wonderful experience being part of a team. And that's why I'm doing it again this year. So super, super, super fun. And highly recommend doing a trail Ragnar if you can. At that point in time, I was already signed up to do my first 50K on a trail. And so that experience at Ragnar really cemented my desire to continue on with my goal of running trails a lot more. That's part of the reason why I love trail running so much. The other thing about trail running that I wanted to talk to you all about is it seems like when I'm running trails, my recovery after runs is not, is, is a lot easier than after running roads. It seems like it takes my body less time to recover after a tough trail run than it does to recover after a tough road run. It seems like the dirt and the sand and, and the rocks and things like that, and the just constantly changing terrain, for some reason, it feels like maybe it's because it, you know, recruits different muscles than road running, but it just seems to be easier on my body overall. When you run trails, and obviously I've only run trails in Arizona so far, so I don't know how, how your trails are wherever you run trails, but we have dirt, we have sand, we have sharp thorny trees sometimes, we have slippery rocks and gravel and large sharp rocks, and we all have uphill and downhill. Um, sometimes there's holes in the ground, you know, bushes, it's just part of the terrain. And so it's always changing. And even if you go to the same trail that you went to last week, it's going to be a different experience than today than it was then, you know, depending on did it rain? Is it hotter? Whatever. It can be all, it can be completely different than it was last week. And that's the beauty of trail running too. When I'm running trails and I'm, I'm going uphill, my breathing, you know, is it's just hard, harder to breathe Hi going up those hills. I do a lot of power hiking. Um, I'm not great at running up hills yet, but I'm working on it. Typically what I do is I power hike the inclines and I run the flats and the downhills. And sometimes the flats feel hard too. Um, and I will walk some of those. When you run downhill, it just feels like you're flying. I also have to say that from my experience, and I haven't been doing this long, but it feels to me like one trail mile definitely equals more than one road mile. Just just comparison after running roads, you know, for the past, what, five years, and then taking on trails, it seems to me that those trail miles definitely feel, a five mile trail run feels completely different than a five mile road run. When I do a five-mile trail run, it seems more like an eight-mile road run. It's just, as far as just 
the effort that it takes and it just it just feels different um obviously it is different you know a mile is a mile and i agree with that but i think you get my gist there's something really special about the trail running community as well and i i'm not saying anything about the road running anything bad about the road running community because i'm I don't have anything bad to say about it, but I just have to admit that I've noticed a major difference between the two communities. And obviously there's crossover. I'm probably going to be running a half marathon this weekend if I can work it out. Um, and it'll be on the road. Trail runners run road races sometimes and road runners run trail races sometimes. But I know that there are some just hardcore people that they don't want to run any road races anymore. They're only going to run trails. And I believe there are road runners that have no interest in running trails. My friend, uh, also named Eric, mentioned that to me a couple of different times. He's like, you won't catch me out there on no trail. <laughs> so it's absolutely according to your personal preference. For me, I love running in general. And so you will still catch me doing road races from time to time. but. As of now, trail running is absolutely my favorite. Absolutely my favorite. When I was at Ragnar, um, the support of those other trail runners around me was, for me, unprecedented. There would be people running behind me, and you know, you have to kind of step aside to let people pass, especially if it's a single track trail. They never said, get out of my way or acted like I was annoying, they would just say, good job, you know, and, and pass me. And I noticed the same thing when I did my first ultra out at Coldwater Rumble. So supportive, even though I was out there taking, you know, three times longer than some people running the same distance as me, there was no judgment. They were not saying, hurry up, we're sick of waiting for you. You know what I mean? They just were like telling me what a great job I was doing. And there was just something there's just a different atmosphere at a road race versus a trail race. I dare you to go out there and, and see it for yourself because it is the truth. It's, it's a different feeling. That's pretty much what I have. I've tried to explain as best I can why trail running. I feel like for me, my body adapts better to trail running so far over these last several months i feel like my body is healthier overall um, and stronger i feel like it takes a lot less to recover um, from trail running than it did from road running and let's face it the views are second to none uh, you've if you follow me on instagram you've seen some of the posts um, that i've put up lately when i've been running trails and the flowers at this time of year are beautiful Obviously, those views change according to season, but you know, what can be better than the blue sky above you and your heart pumping and you're running a trail and you're out there moving your feet and exploring the world? It's, it's an amazing feeling. So I encourage you to go out there and run a trail. Make sure you have some good shoes. I run in Topo Athletic Ultra Venture Pros. That's my shoe of choice. I recommend that you go to a running store and get fitted for shoes yourself. Uh, a good running store will have the ability to analyze your running form and take a look at your feet and your stride and see what kind of shoes you need and whether you pronate or not. 
And so you may not be a, a great candidate for topos. Um, I was, I love them. And I honestly, when I'm out running in them, I, I don't even feel my shoes, which is weird because my road shoes, I do feel, and they kind of pinch my toes. And so I think I'm going to have to adjust my road shoes, but for trails, I'm set. And that's what I run in. So if you want to be a trail runner, yay for you. And it seems like it's kind of taken off a lot lately that there seems to be a lot more interest in trail running and I can absolutely see why. So I hope that that is helpful. I apologize for my voice. I've been having some kind of issues since December. I've had a cough and I just cannot seem to shake it. And I have my voice goes in and out and I need to clear my throat all the time. So I apologize for sounding froggy, but I wanted to get this episode out as soon as I could and talk about trail running. I hope this is helpful. If you have any questions about trail running, if you have any questions about road running, if you have any questions about my experiences or, you know, have something that you want to tell me, go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady, or please email me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. This has been episode eight called The Truth About Trail Running. I'm Michelle. This has been fun, and I hope to see you next time.